Hello and welcome to the FPL Hangover Podcast where we raise the bar and lower the tone, all things FPL related. We're coming at you with episode 2 of season 2, take 2. We recorded this several days ago and due to gremlins with our new mic, uh, that went down the fucking shitter. But look, we seem to have sorted that, we're moving on and uh, my podcast partner in crime, Seamus, he seems to have gotten over it and is sitting beside me grinning once again. How are you getting on my friend? Not too bad. One less technical gremlin in the room today. Just us two gremlins. Yeah, we're fucking a pile of idiots. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, this seems to be all sorted. Everything seems to be going well. And uh, speaking of going well, how's your FPL preseason going? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, nothing's <laughs> changed. Uh, I ain't gotten any points since we spoke last week. But uh, I have messed around my team a bit, over Tonk, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, twiddled around. Some ins and outs. How do you find the fact that the FPL came out so early this season? Because it was compared to last season. year, I don't know if it makes any more difference. I needed a nice big long break. I thought after a long season because the FPL season is hard slog, oh, yeah. and by the end of it, you just see like people are just not engaging on Twitter anymore. People aren't. Um, you know, we even see kind of a drop off in numbers yeah. of people like listening to the pod each week, and I think that's something that's kind of common and for I- a lot of people. And, it's just, yeah, there's not as much activity on it. People in our mini-league stop playing. You don't see many active transfers. People are just like, ah, oh, I'm not going to win my mini-league. Yeah. Drop out of it. So you do need a big, long break. But that being said, I thought I had a bit. I was like, oh, when it came back, I was like, oh, good. I've had my big, long break. I'm ready to start again. I only had about three weeks, three or four weeks. But that was enough. I was the opposite. Like I actually was like, when I knew it came out... Like, in other seasons, there was, you know, this whole, like, uh, ID rank, what number did you get of your ID? This yeah. year, I was like, oh, fuck off. There's still so many weeks of this. I don't want to even be thinking about the amount of changes I'm going to make to my team. So if it was up to me, I'd release a little bit closer to the start of the season, uh, especially if they're going to be doing this staggered price release uh, bullshit. Like, we saw... That's, that's very silly. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're obviously just trying to encourage engagement on social media and all that seems where everything goes these days it's like oh look if we can just kind of slowly stagger it and have more people talking about this 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 then it comes out launch day and then you look at the likes of you know recent FPL editions with Mount and the Chelsea strikers like Batshuayi and uh, Tammy Abraham Mm -hmm. and they were like why didn't we have a price for them do you know why was that such a kind of kept back thing I don't really get that either. I mean, I guess like youth team players, like maybe Mount or someone who hasn't really featured too heavily before. But why is Batshuayi or I guess Tammy Abraham wasn't in the game last year, but he'd been there the season before. Yeah, and Batshuayi was in the game. Batshuayi was in the game. So I don't understand why Greenwood, who played a couple of games at the end of last season for Man United, was automatically in the game, but Batshuayi wasn't. They wanted to figure out you know, see what price to put him at. That's exactly what I'm thinking. It seems like, oh, we're not 100% sure, you know, if that's, if, if what price he should be. And I don't know, that kind of takes Surely stick of... him at the same price he was the season before with yeah. Chelsea. He was 6.5 with Chelsea at the start of last season. Didn't go to Palace until Christmas, right? He, Something like he that, started yeah. with Chelsea. So surely he's done nothing to warrant a price hike, so keep him the same. But no, they decided to play it a bit longer. I think they should have just waited to release the game a bit longer because, yeah. for example... There's players that are with teams and you don't know if they're going to go to other teams and stuff like that. Um, you know, was Hazard? Hazard was already gone. He was gone, yeah. He by the time the game started. But, you he know, was gone before the season ended last year. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, officially he had signed before mm. the game launched. But you'll see that sometimes. They launch the game early and then there's players like Hazard who's still in the game and stuff like that. And they're priced and they're like, there's going to be like 1% or half a percent of people who are probably going to pick this guy. And not realize because there's stupid players out there. So what you're saying is we basically have to 
grab our pickets and march to FBL headquarters and start, you know, tearing the place down. Brick nah, brick. I don't give a shit no, about it enough. I'm I mean, that's, it's like, I don't care enough about it, but I just think that they would be better off waiting a bit longer to release it. Um, that way you'd know if somebody priced on some team is priced accurately or not. They, they sometimes put themselves into a corner where somebody signs for a team and you're like, well, this guy is obviously crazy good value now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They priced one Bissaka knowing he was going to United, I reckon. And things like that. But like yeah. the likes of Iosi Perez, they've reclassified him as a midfielder. And then all of a sudden he goes to Leicester. He's kind of going to play as a... Midfielder. Uh, well, an attacking forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. 4 one 4 Yeah, that's kind of a hard one. He's. This is the whole argument with, you know, what should people be classified position-wise that we were getting into towards the end of last season. Will Salah be a forward? Yeah, yeah. You know, will Mane be a forward? What about all these kind of attacking players? Well, um, that's what I worry about in terms of like if they delay the like the price releases for something that might be relatively insignificant this year, like the likes of, uh, you know, Tammy Abraham, Batshuayi, all that stuff. But does that have a knock-on effect? Are there going to be cases where oh we're going to wait and see if, uh, for example, just hypothetically Salah starts playing the preseason as a, a midfielder or a striker again? Do you know, is that going to just kind of snowball effect and eventually the game becomes like? Far too calcul- calculated. Maybe I think positions need to be based on performance the se- previous season. Yeah. Um. So like, if a new player comes into the league, where was he last year in like the Bundesliga or Syria or whatever? Was he a striker, you know, or was he a midfielder? And if he's a midfielder, bring him in as a midfielder. If Salah, you know, played over sixty six percent of games last year as a forward, he should be classified as a forward. But if he only spent fifty percent as a forward or you know, he probably only spent like forty four percent of games last year as a forward. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, he's gonna be a midfielder. And I agree with uh, I agree with his you know, his classification as a midfielder anyway. I think uh it yeah. gives the mid- the midfielders that kind of like that was kind of dying off for a little while in terms of premium stars and especially with Hazard gone this year, yeah. you've got the likes of Salah, Sterling and then, you know, you're looking down at the 9.5s, the Kevin De Bruyne's, yeah. uh, Christian Eriksen and stuff like that. Isn't a rake of premium midfielders out there? There isn't a lot of premiums this year, which is, is very notable. Um, last year, we had Hazard, Salah and Sterling were yeah. kind of three premiums. Mane was in the bracket below it. You know, he's come up to kind of That's replace true. it this year. Yeah. Uh, De Bruyne kind of was a premium in a way, but... And Ericsson kind of was. They were kind of that bracket just below premium, below ten million. Yeah, but so the I think double I'd, digit brackets, you know, yeah. that was kind of mainly hazard and. Yeah, uh, so we had three, but yeah. this year we've only got two. So last year it felt like if you went with two midfielders and one of them wasn't firing, like you could just go, well, you know what? I gave Hazard a chance of going over to Sterling or something like that. Well, technically we have three as well this year because of Mane's price rise. True, but we probably won't have the flexibility to move to get Mane and Salah in yeah. if we have two Liverpool defence because Liverpool players are like a premium this year you, you could, you'd want four or five Liverpool players if you could have them yeah we could and looking at that you know and taking the new kind of changes into consideration in the FPL this week like what are you sticking with in terms of Liverpool players is this you're, you're on the Salah bandwagon I assume um, at the minute I am I've yeah. been looking at ways I said this last week to maybe consider other options instead of Salah mm-hmm. um, and I've got a nice draft there with Sterling and De Bruyne and three Liverpool defenders and I like to look at that but I'm not sure if I want to go with that for the uh, for the season. I'm, I'm probably still going to open game week one with Salah because I think he's a brilliant captain choice. So against Norwich, because that could be now it could be one or two nil. Yeah, and the or it could be four or five nil. They they historically perform really well against Norwich. You know, Suarez used to always bang in a hat trick against them. It was brilliant, kind of guaranteed points in the bank. 
So I'd like to uh, I'd like to start off with Manu if I thought Manu Manu was backward, but I think with this Africa Cup of Nations, that's gonna put a big question mark over him, and I don't need question marks in my game of Quanti. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, so that's I'm the same as you. I have the two Liverpool defenders. I haven't actually thought of getting rid of Salah, but I'm also you know looking at that game week one fixture against Norwich, and yeah, that seems a, a bit of a tough one to get away from from it. Um, but you know, moving from Liverpool, who we would have talked about kind of you know extensively last week. Uh, to a team that we didn't talk about too much last week and a team that's also had a new addition to their FPL squad. Well, their squad, but also FPL, obviously. And that's uh, West Ham. And, I mean, they've added Holler to their team, 7.5. Does that engage any bit of interest in you in regards to West Ham and their assets around him now? Well, the Game Week 1 fixtures just put me off them, but they're definitely a team that have a nice opening run of fixtures after that. Uh, I would like to consider some of their assets, but Haller at 7.5 is overpriced. Uh, he's priced more than Arnautovic was last year, and Arnautovic was somebody who had proven Premier League uh, quality and experience. We knew what we could get from him. We don't know from this guy. He looks to be good. Scored lots of goals in the, the Bundesliga. Um, I think he'll be a good option at, at various points throughout the season, but... West Ham are a wait and see for me. Yeah, that's a wait and see. I mean, you mentioned their tough game week one fixture. Yeah, at home to Man City, that's probably one of the top two teams you don't want to have your you know opening fixture against. Yeah, fair play if Haller comes in and scores like two goals in his debut against Man City. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then following that up, they have a way to Brighton, Watford, Norwich, and Villa. I'm pretty sure you might see an early season uh, bandwagon kind of form in there if if Haller does knock in one or two against City. I would would be the same as you in terms of I think he's a little bit. Of a, he's a bit heavily priced to you know kind of start off the game we or to start off the season with him, but I feel like the players around him are the ones that all of a sudden look a bit more interesting. I mean, again, you know that opening fixture is a is a, a big red flag, but the likes of Anderson, Yarmolenko will be coming back this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if Chicharito, I assume he's still with the West Ham, is he? he yeah, yeah, I think uh, he could have been a really good option if they hadn't signed uh, Haller. Yeah. So we'll have to keep an eye on them and see if they're playing with two up front or if they're going to play with one. Um, I just assume it's going to be like a four-one-four-one or four-two-three-one or something like that with uh, Haller up front. Anderson on the left, maybe Yarmolenko or Snodgrass on the right, or Antonio possibly on the yeah. right. Antonio is somebody who finished the season really strongly last year, who is an interesting option. But again, they yeah. all come in at seven million. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what I couldn't tell you what Yarmolenko comes in. I feel like he's like six point five or something yeah. like that. But I do know um, Antonio is seven, so is Anderson, which kind of feels overpriced. You could get you know Zaha for that, or point five more. You could get Fraser. Bournemouth also have excellent opening fixtures and yeah. I'd rather put my money there no fair enough I do think it's worth knowing like with West Ham's uh, you know decent uh, enough kind of opening set of fixtures that there is a bit of value to be found in their defence you know there is 4.5 defenders in there with the likes of Diop Balboena do you know there yeah. if you're looking for kind of a cheapie in, in your defence someone that might enable funds for you know some of the players you mentioned there I think uh, West you could look for you know at worst teams in West Ham I really like those options you mentioned. Um, Balbuena was somebody... Did I have him in my team last year? I think I had him for a few weeks, or if I didn't, I certainly... I think he was a 4.0 option last year, was he? If memory serves me correctly? At some stage? No, I think he was 4.5. Was he? I think he was. Now, I'm not sure. I could be wrong, but I think 4.5. Um, I don't really like the fullback options. Um, what's the... 
dude who plays uh, I can't even think of his name now. What's their fullback? Not Zabaleta, the guy who plays left side. Oh, I don't know. I know. Ah, can't even think of his name. He's five point oh anyway. Uh, he, that's no good. Cresswell. Cresswell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 he's like he's attacking, but five point oh is no good for no. for that. Um, you'd want to be getting in there with the four point five. If you are yeah. going to go with West Ham, then you want to be looking at your points per million there and with four point five. Ideally, instead of going for a defense, you'd want to go for Fabianski, but he's been pushed up to five point oh as well. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if it rules him out. He could still be a good option because he makes a lot of saves, but I don't know. Doesn't keep, they don't keep enough clean sheets. At least they didn't last year. We could see an improvement on them this year. They've got a really good squad, mm. but they don't keep enough clean sheets for me. But I'll wait and see. West Ham, wait and see. Fair yeah. enough, fair enough. And another team that we didn't focus on too much last year, but we did uh, talk about them there at the top of the pod, and that's Chelsea, uh, a team that I think, with all the focus on Man City and, and Liverpool assets, a lot of people overlooking the Blues. Um, mm. And, you know, looking at their defence, I know... You you briefly spoke about your current team and a man sitting in that is Aspilicueta. Yeah, a guy who came in on like for the first time in one of my recent drafts this week. For the first two or two, maybe four or five drafts I was messing around with, he wasn't in there at all. But I did look then at what I could get for six million, and it was kind of like a Calvert Lewin. Or, you know, Shea Adams or someone like that for Southampton. Yeah. Or a proven quality Premier League asset such as Azpilicueta who got seven attacking returns last year one goal and six assists which Mr. Was, Consistency yeah say. I think I mean when you look at his past FPL records and you <clears> just <throat> focus on you know yeah he's not uh, grabbing your attention like an Alonso was mm-hmm. you know by, by just kind of banging in two goals uh, every now and again going fuck this guy can score hitting the post he hit the post should have got a goal and assist to no mind the clean sheet Aspilicueta has been there picking up the uh, you know the odd points and if you look at his overall points record for the seasons past you know what are you looking at last four seasons he's had seven like attacking returns seven attacking returns eight attacking returns six attacking returns seven attacking returns okay so he's had a minimum of five assists each season for the last four seasons um, and he's always had at least one goal in them each season now even four seasons ago was the year they did disastrous disastrously when Marino got the sack around yeah. Christmas they only end up keeping clean sheet eight clean sheets well at least as Pelicueta only kept eight clean sheets but the last three seasons 16 clean sheets 15 clean sheets 16 clean sheets and yeah I mean he, you know he's going to get between about 155 to 175 points yeah you know he's he's got 170 points 175 158 last season so he's actually not a you know he's really consistent for 6 million you can set him in there I think he should be priced 6.5 so I did look at it and I goes I don't think Calvert-Lewin's going to get 158 160 points next season I do think Azpilicueta can keep this again. Um, they've got Zuma back. Yeah. You know, I think... Well, that's another thing I want to bring up. So you look at the six million for Azpilicueta. And before we move on to Zuma, because I think that's worth looking at as well, uh, I do uh, agree that six million is pretty cheap. And if you look at some of the preseason matches, he has been playing... When Zuma was playing in the as a centre-back, Azpilicueta was playing as a right-back. So that kind of rules out the Zapacosta 4.5 option. I think, that, I think he was... Uh, He's, yeah, 4.5. So it's like that kind of rules out the Zappacosta 4.5. But you know that if Aspilicueta isn't playing as a right back, it's because he's going to be playing as a centre back. Yeah, I think he's only going to play as a centre back in a like a five man defence or three centre backs, mm. uh, two wing backs kind of defence. And I just don't think 
they're going to play that. I mean, they didn't I, they didn't really play that under Frank Lampard when he was a player. Um, so it's not a system he was oh, going to introduce, I don't think, or bring back. That was uh, Conte's system and you know, it wasn't yeah. Sarri's system. So I think, yeah, he's going to be pretty much nailed that right back, I think. Well, I'm not worried about it. I was using it as a point that, yeah. like, you know, it strengthens his kind of appeal. Yeah. Well. He's pretty much, if you look, like nailed on as a Chelsea player, whether it is a right back or if he's using the centre back. Yeah, I think Zappa Costa isn't a, ch- isn't a good choice. The left back is a good choice uh, the, I mean the left back is a, a more difficult choice because we don't know who's going to start there Yeah, you know, Emerson. Emerson or um, Alonso and I think Alonso is underpriced as well you think 6.5? for all the stick he got last year you know he still was you know he still got a lot of returns I'm going to have to pull up his uh, points totals here but he performed quite well and he's got a price decrease I, know I remember, he like at the end of the season, um, people kind of just drawing up comparisons as to his see his total points last year and the year before, and you know the difference in how he was adored two seasons ago <laughs> yeah. and vilified last year, even though the the difference between the two total points was marginal. So yeah, last year he got one sixty one points for two goals and eight assists. Yeah, and. Uh, the season before that he got 165 points yeah the problem was he got mostly goals he got seven goals two assists yeah. he actually overperformed with his assists last year and that all came at the start of the season while he was still adapting to Sarri's role for him yeah and he just carried over his form from the previous season um, I think he also underperformed though when it came to goals last season he did but he hit the post a lot yeah. and man I had him for several weeks and there was a couple of weeks there like two weeks and three he like, hit the post and he hit the crossbar and he was getting into good positions but he's an attacking player man he's up in the opposition box more than he's back in his own yeah. box I agree um, so it'll depend I think uh, if Lampard favours him you know he could be something to have back in that team straight away but I so. just a bit worried that Lampard will have seen his performances last year and go no Emerson is the number one now yeah. so we'll see Again. Emerson looks like a quality fullback for the little I've seen of him do you know I can understand why Lampard would be willing to do you know um, give him t- give him minutes see what he can do on the pitch uh, pitch pitch uh, but on the pitch yeah. but I think you mentioned Zuma there and uh, yeah 5 million uh, it seems to me like he's the first uh, option to partner David Luiz in the centre defence if he's fit just until Rudiger comes back I think Rudiger is, is number one there but he's out with an injury and yeah. unknown return date according to the Premier League I don't think he's going to be back for the first few weeks of the season anyway yeah. so yeah there's a lot There's I've seen a lot of people saying they think Christensen's going to start but I think it's just as likely Zuma could start in well, there. Based would, on the preseason, it looks more like Zuma. Exactly. Has more minutes. Yeah. So I would. I don't know why they think Christensen was going to start ahead of him. Uh, and David Luiz is again another great option there for six point Just seeing as I was espousing the virtues of Aspilicueta for six point David Luiz um, created a lot of good chances last year. A lot of big chances. He only got two assists, but he scored three goals, one hundred and sixty-four points for six million. Is well worth the value. Yeah, I think the point of it is that there are options out there. Like it's it's easy to overlook them because I think everyone's considering two to three Liverpool defenders instantly. They want to get a City defender in there, and it's kind of just going, you know, almost tunnel vision esque. You know, it's like yeah. this is where my defense needs to be. I think it's very possible that uh, you know you can find that the value to be found in Chelsea. You know, for for that million million and a half less. Yeah, but I had a team there where I was playing three four three, and Calvert Loon was my third striker. And then I realized, why have I got Calvert-Lewin as my third striker and uh, a 4.5 as my fourth defender? It's like, let's just swap those around. And I got a 4.5 forward, which 
isn't going to play. I got Wickham. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I'll just get a six million defender who's going to get me 160 points next year. Yeah. Who, like, uh, Calvert Loon may get that, but probably won't. Mm-hmm. You know, he did he even get 100 last year? No, and like you're not wrong, and there is a lack of uh, kind of cheap, uh, you know, cheap forwards. I suppose six to seven million mid-price forwards, uh, you'd say. But we talked about them at the start of the show, and Chelsea also have uh, you know the seven million Batshuayi, Tammy Abraham. Worth noting, Abraham has been handed the number nine uh, this season. So I don't know if what that means in terms of how Frank Lampard sees him. Uh, you know, leading the leading the line. Yeah, he has scored in preseason, and and uh, Lampard's came out and been very happy and and talked uh, talked him up. But you know, it's also acknowledged the fact that Giroud is uh, brings something different to the team, and it's worked. You know, yeah, I for me, I decided a while ago that the Chelsea forwards are somebody who's going to be a wait and see. Mm. So I haven't really been analysing their uh, preseason former comments from Frank Lampard and what style or position they've played too much. See, that's um, what separates me and you, Seamus. Yeah, you you seem to be spending a lot more focus on the preseason. And fair play to you, you're you're way way more on it. I'm kind of waiting till a lot of the preseason a lot of games have been built up, so I can kind of aggregate them and kind of see what way the teams have been performing. Um, yeah, maybe I should be doing some more research. But the way I want to approach the season is get the tried and trusted assets. I want to kind of be risk averse in game week one. Take the players who performed well last year, especially in the second half of last season, and hope they continue on the form because this is the exact same thing I did at the start of last season. I took players like Ryan Fraser, who'd finished at the previous season quite strong, and I was like, you know, he's he's been performing well. I think he'll start off well and have a good season this year, and he hit ground running last year. Um, did yeah. the same with Richarlison. Richarlison started off last season with two goals in game week one, and I got off to a flyer last year. And I'm going to try and take the same approach this year I was thinking about being different than going without Salah, but you could get buried if you don't uh, have Salah and he bangs against Norwich in game week one. If 50% of the game ends up having him in game week one, which they don't have him yet, he's only like 30-something percent yeah, owned. There's only like what, less than 2 million players at the moment. But when, the, you know, there's going to be another, what, 4 million players that's going to join that probably, um, like the week of yeah, FPL, yeah, yeah. and all of those players are going to have Salah. Because they're going to be just going, oh, let's get the player of the year two years ago. Let's and get the guy who finished top goal scorer last season. I don't blame him. And I think the, no. the most fun uh, part of FPL for me is finding those players that aren't the obvious ones, you know? like So what I would like to do is I would wear a, a long duster-esque trench coat and walk around, you know, heavily populated areas and just scream random FPL player names at me. <laughs> If I'm looking at you in horror right now, because I'm like, where the hell is this going? And if I see how they react, that gives me an inclination as to you know how their season is going to progress. Okay, well, if they stay anywhere in your vicinity, well, you're looking dodgy. Yeah, dodgy like that. No, I'm money messing. I don't do that. Uh, not not you know publicly. But I'm with you. I think it is probably best to say try and trusted. I do think, however, that. There's a you know there's a few teams out there worth kind of looking at in terms of you know those differentials we're talking about like the likes of Everton, you've got the likes of Sigurdsson, rumors of Zaha joining the Everton team for a, a big old pile of cash. Yeah. And you mentioned during the week on Twitter that you know if Zaha was if that move was to go through and you know obviously try not to dwell too much on hypotheticals, but if that what move was to go through. Then you know the likes of Sigurdsson appeal as a penalty taker. That's going to shoot up. Definitely, 
yeah. Um, funny enough, I really want Southampton with him. I like, you know, Crystal Palace's fixtures there. They're opening two anyway. I'm not too worried. They seem to perform well away from home. Yeah. Three of their opening four are decent. You know, three of their opening five, yeah. not so much. And away to Man United, you know, I think, you know, They'd be pretty good there against at Old Trafford. Depends how United been, but we saw a lot United last year. They were, but you want a bit crap. of Zaha, is what you're saying. I want some Zaha, but with the speculation of going to other teams, it seems like he wants out. You know, I can't be having it. If he stays, I might go for him. Seven yeah. million is a really good price, especially as a midfielder, because he would have more points than he would have had last year if you get the extra point for the goal from midfielder and the extra point for clean sheets. You know, he'd be. But if he well was worth to it. move to Everton, uh, if he moved to Everton, he just makes. Sigurdsson more yeah. appealing not himself does he make himself less appealing well he ends up like I guess it might make Richarlison more appealing as well because they've kind of played the same position left wing hmm. and if he goes there then you're thinking maybe Richarlison's playing centre forward instead of uh, Calvert-Lewin yeah and, Z- and Zaha's capable of playing on the right as well do you know or yeah. as a centre forward yeah. so maybe it would be Calvert-Lewin's position play Zaha up top and we've also seen him play Richarlison up top so there's a lot yeah. of versatility I think they'll probably be, they play in both and they just probably interchange mm. and like maybe start off with Richarlison up front and Zaha on the left and then hey you know what half yeah. an hour to the game you guys switch you know you, you Zaha you go out left for a while and Richarlison you are yeah. give your markers what, to think about yeah no I do. I think um, I don't. I don't think Zaha is going to play on the right too much. He never really plays on the right anymore. No, I my well, yeah, no, not so much. I suppose it depends. But either way, Everton looking like a team where there could be options, even regardless of Zaha moving to Everton. I think there's uh, with the defense we've talked about last week. We talked about Dina and Coleman offering options. Now that's something that's kind of reared its head again. This. Uh, this you know kind of preseason, a lot of people are talking because Everton have yet to win a preseason match, I believe. At the time recording, I know Coleman did. scored. Yeah, he did. He scored a header. Uh, but yeah, he's and Dean is look to... good in uh, Dean is look good in some fixtures as well. Yeah, he's got he's whipping the balls in. Like you're getting what you are going to get out of the out of the fullbacks. They're going to be kind of getting down the wings, getting crosses in there. Whether Everton managed to sign a forward that's going to be able to you know really kind of have an impact on the season that's remains to be seen because I think Carver Lewin even though he's priced pretty well at 6 million he's not uh, he's not a you know proven Premier or FPL kind of asset are we in danger of talking about Everton too much because we, we did talk about Everton a lot in the first, last week's episode I don't think we'll ever be in danger of Everton too much <laughs> well what do you think about the fact that Gay has left well, that's, why PSG. that's why I kind of brought everything up is because they are shifting as an FPL as, uh, option in the last week they seem to be the team that have moved from outside of your top premium players everyone, everyone was looking at Everton and Bournemouth and now the people have thrown Everton kind of into the air a bit with Gay going to to PSG with um, Zuma not returning back from Chelsea do you uh, you know do you think that's going to have an effect on their, their output I think they've got a ready made ready made replacement for uh, Zuma with uh, Yeri Mina yeah. in defence and they bought him for pretty big money from Barcelona last year but he came in with an injury so he didn't get to start properly with a proper preseason behind him if he's looking good in preseason fixtures and stuff like that and they kind of get together I think he could easily just cover him I think they're kind of similar enough players big tall strong guys yeah. you know uh, plus Mina offers a lot of attacking potential from set pieces he's really tall I remember in the World Cup he scored like three or four headers for Colombia it's very hard to stop so Dinia could be he'd be on the end of some Dinia uh, assists this year yeah well I mean but so that could be okay but the defensive midfielder role 
could be a problem. Well, that it seems like they've basically bought Delft to replace Gay. Yeah, and good bit of business in terms of the price they got for him. But I don't think he's have to. You know, he's a, yeah. he's as as guaranteed to you know just replicate replicate what Gay was doing. Yeah, because Gay is kind of like um, in Golikante in that he like gets around and dives into the tackles and gets around like that. And Delph, when he was younger, was kind of one of these players who was great at breaking up play and was a good tackler. Hasn't had to do with Man City as much, but I would imagine playing with the quality players he has at the Etihad for the last couple of seasons has developed him as a footballer. He's going to be better in possession, camera on the ball and, and things like that. So he might recycle possession a bit more. Yeah. So it depends on his tenaciousness, you know, how much he gets around and gets to the gets to the man with the ball. Something to watch. They they could be giving away more chances. So it could make mean there could be more shots yeah. you know from outside the box could be better for Pickford's uh, points saves and stuff like that uh, save points I should say um, I definitely want to have I'm not too uh, worried I want Dina for his attacking returns yeah. really well that was my next question was going to be like do, is Dina still in your team 6 million oh, yeah. is there any chance you'd want to save that 0.5 and drop down to Coleman or are you just 100% Dina I assume you've compared the two uh, yeah and I think that Coleman had a really good second half of last season and I think that Dean is the one you want. If you can't quite get there, um, Coleman isn't a bad person to have as a holder for him. Like, oh, yeah, like, to coverage just some of it, but because he will get assists himself, he get forward. He might even get a few, could get a few goals. And you're putting the the but you're putting the money in Dean, like. Yeah, I think you know, points per million. You're going to get they're going to be not too dissimilar. I think Dean is going to have more attacking returns, but. Maybe an extra by the end of the season, twenty points more. Well, I was the same. Like a week ago, I put that point five in Dinia as well. I was like, you know what, he's worth a little bit extra. And then after the week gone by, kind of looking at him a bit closer, I was like, maybe do I want to invest six million in an Everton defensive asset? I was like, maybe just a five point five, considering I also have Sigurdsson for eight million. I was like, maybe that's enough yeah. money tied up in Everton. But again, that's that's the joys of preseason. You're constantly tinkering with it. And, uh, you know, looking to, to make little changes like that. But I do think, think Everton are a team worth, uh, you know, worth monitor, monitoring a bit closer uh, than, you know, the likes of uh, West Ham that we mentioned at the top of the show like that. If you're going to look for those kind of price point players, you want to be looking at the likes of Everton. We spoke about Bournemouth last week, Fraser, King, Wilson. That doesn't seem to have gotten any clearer. I haven't seen anything of King in preseason. Is he yeah. out sick? Is that what it is? No, he's there. He's there. He didn't start again today. Mm. I didn't see his name on the bench either. Yeah, I just, I'm just saying there's no like news about it, but you, I think we had Ibe scoring a goal today in, in one of the preseason games. Wilson's banged in a couple. Wilson's been performing well. So, I mean, the more that preseason goes on and I'm not seeing King's name on the score sheet or even in the team, I'm one, you know, I'm wondering, it's like, you know, Solanke going to be first choice here? I mean, I didn't think this was going to be the case. I think he was going to continue on, but I'm just... Another number nine. Yeah, I'm just kind of worried. I don't pay too much attention to squad numbers. A lot of times, it's like, we have a number nine available. We've got to give it to one of our forwards. And mm. I'm just happy with it, whatever number he has. I wouldn't put too much uh, kind of fate into squad numbers, but there's definitely uh, a, a a bit of a kind of effect from it. You know, I think teams look to sell squad jersey numbers and all that kind of stuff. So it's important, you know, if you get something like a number nine, that, you know, it's it's uh, it can be used as a motivator, you know, that kind of kind of symbolized stuff like that. You see it a bit, you know, especially kind of big numbers in, in big squads. But look, kind of getting into the voodoo side of football right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. It, I don't pay too much attention to it. It doesn't interest me as a 
when I'm analysing what FPL players to get in, I'm like, oh, he's been given number nine. So yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah. I'll still buy that number 23 they just spent 50 million on. <laughs> I like to have two numbers in the back of my jersey, yeah. please. No. Uh, but looking at Bournemouth, I assume your team is kind of still with King and Fraser, or like you mentioned kind of being a little bit uh, put off by Fraser's lack of pre-season yeah, prominence. Yeah, I think now... When we spoke, we recorded episode one on, uh, or sorry, or this episode was the season episode two episode. Season one. two, yeah. epi- no, we recorded season two episode two on Wednesday, but the recording didn't come out right, so this is why we're recording it again. Yeah. Um, I had Fraser on my team at that stage, but in episode one, I didn't have Fraser on my team. So I actually, yeah, just for the viewers, if you are listeners, if you listen to episode one, yeah, I didn't have Fraser then, but I do now. Yeah. I think uh, he's offering good coverage. If King doesn't bang and Wilson is doing bits, then I think Fraser could be on the end of, you know, there could be the person assisting Wilson. So, And you're bang on to give that clarification out there because I don't want the people screaming at us when they see a plot hole in our Yeah, our like, what are you talking yeah. about? You didn't have Fraser last Absolute week. jokers. Yeah. But no, uh, looking at King, are you worried? Because you only have two strikers up there. Yeah, King and Jod are my two strikers, 6.5 and... I'll be worried if uh, King isn't getting game time in their last couple of preseason games. Yeah. Um. But if he's get if he get if he plays the last two preseason games or something like that, I'll be happy going be happy. with King. I think King's going to start, but I don't know. I'll have to keep a close eye. I mean, these are the things you gotta look at closer to the game week. I can't comment now whether King is a worry or not, but I will. I agree. I agree. This is something you would monitor closely. And if and he closer. if he is Delafeo's in instead, yeah. Oh, very seriously, Delafeo. I've seen him in a few of your drafts, so yeah. it's not too shocking. But you're happy with Watford's, uh, you know, open a few fixtures, Brighton at home, away to Everton, West Ham, Newcastle, Arsenal. Yeah, I like I like the first two home games, and uh, away to Everton strikes me as a game that yeah he could still do well. He had a really good finish the last second half of last season. Yeah. Um, once he came back from injury that time, and I think he can replicate that over this season again. I think he's hungry to improve on his goal-scoring record. I think he will. I think he'll have a good season. No, that's a good shout. Something I haven't really been looking at too much. And Watford always start the season quite strongly. They fade towards the end, especially last season. There were distractions with the FA Cup and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think they start very strong. Ben Foster said something there um, recently on social media that they have a really intense preseason. And that's one of the reasons they've started quite strongly the last couple of seasons. Yeah. And I kind of I kind of think there's value in that. I think that could happen again this year. Outside of uh, the possibility of Delefeu, is there any Watford players in your team at the moment? Uh, I've had you... Pereira in my team because he's a good option for 6.0. None of the defenders interest me. Foster's overpriced. And uh, Decore is somebody who's, um, who's interesting. You love your Decore? Yeah, I do. I think... Uh, what is he, 6.0? I don't think he got a price increase. No. Um, he's somebody that could interest me. Uh, I just I liked how Pereira started last season. I just wonder if he's somebody with you know a good preseason. After getting rest and then a good preseason, could he start off strongly again? He faded badly towards the end of last season. So, I don't know. Those are guys that interest me, but one Watford is enough. If I am going for yeah. one, it, the most likely to go for would be Delafeo. Well, with Decore at six and Pereira at six, if you were to pick, would you be more of a Decore fan, or is that is that a bit of a? You I'm know... more of a Decore fan, but I, you know, I'm more, I would like to take the punt on Pereira. At the start of last season, Pereira was popping up uh, with goals and assists all over the shop. Yeah, it's something like four goals in his first six or seven games. Like, yeah. He was just getting them on we were like whoa but then it just 
form fell off a cliff. He was probably playing okay, but I watched a couple of games and he was like on 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 fire. Like you couldn't could stop the guy. Mm. But uh, I guess that it's hard to replicate for over thirty eight games. Delafeo kept it up, just mm. not Pereira. Well, something that hasn't been uh, quite stoppable this uh, this preseason is the train that we're all familiar with, and that's the Harry Kane train. And he, you know, sparked interest again this week. Again, I, the fact that we're this is our second attempt at recording the podcast feels like we've already covered it. But uh, yeah, it does. No, um, this is something that you know drew a lot of attention. We managed to stick the ball in the back of the net from the halfway line, and you know, all of a sudden, you had people going, "Oh wait, who's this Harry Kane fella again?" He was in no teams before he scored that. Yeah. Well, he was in some, but he, was he wasn't in, in a load. Yeah, he was in yours. Fair enough, and. You did then all of a sudden you saw him in everyone's team on Twitter, yeah. and it did feel like, well, Jesus, now everyone's going to have Harry Kane. But that's only a small bubble. There will be a lot of people, as you said, the late joiners to the game who will jump on Harry Kane because, oh, it's Harry fucking Kane. Yeah, he's going to score exactly. 30 goals this year. And he's got an opening fixture against Aston Villa. Yeah, but he's got ankles made of elastic bands at this stage. You know, he's they can snap at any moment. He could be out for, you know, six or seven games. It yeah. seems to be a recurring injury. And while I don't put any credence in this August curse so much anymore. I do think he might Anymore? Be... Do you want to elaborate on that? Because uh, <laughs> past... he scored last season? Yeah, because he scored okay, last year. Okay. I think he might so have... the voodoo's over. He broke the curse. The curse. Broken. Yeah, Fair exactly. Uh, he killed whatever witch <laughs> that put that curse on him. Yeah. That's what he spent last summer doing. Because he wasn't yeah. at the World Cup. Yeah. You know? he, uh, yeah, I think he just... Um, is a, What I think is, is he's just a slow starter. Like, if you recall, last season we were worried about having him in our teams yeah. because his form at the end of the previous season when he hurt his ankle he was really slow to come back and people were saying he hasn't looked that great since he's come back in whatever February or blah 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 Yeah. Um, started off the season yeah he got his few goals but he didn't look there was question marks over him for the first seven or eight games Yeah. and then you know people kind of got on board and he started ticking away but he wasn't that expensive I think he's just overpriced I think well that was maybe last year and as I said, he did have that. Yeah, summer. last year. Yeah, I should clarify. Yeah, he did have that summer. Kind He's of underpriced this year. Uh, fair enough. And at eleven million, I think that's one kind of grabbed my attention. Is that, you know, that's that's a million cheaper than you know, than he Sterling, uh, yeah. Aguero, yeah. And what I like about it, and it's something that is kind of leading us onto, is this. You know, for me, it means I have a premium striker in my team now, and it's a lot easier for me to get off that premium striker and downgrade if I need to. Uh, than it is to get onto onto if he suddenly starts banging. It's like, how do I get him in my team? And from someone with two six point five strikers, like, what's what are you looking at there? What kind of what thoughts are running through your brain? Yeah, I'm really glad you brought this up because I mentioned something earlier where I was talking about last year we had three premiums that we could choose from. You could rotate between Salah, Sterling, and Hazard, and just go for two of those three. Yeah. Um, this year we only have two, so if one of them is not firing then you need to make two moves to get Harry Kane in for one of them. Yeah. So you have to take minus points or have a transfer banked, which not everyone's going to have. So it's not so simple to go, oh, Sterling isn't playing well. I'm going to go for Harry Kane. Yeah. You have to make two moves. So it's not as ideal. So I can see why people have you know somebody in there, either who's a premium like Aubameyang or Kane, or I can see why people might have Vardy or Wilson who are kind of closer to his price that they can just, you know, okay, I just need to find an extra two million mm. to upgrade him, for example. But I'm stuck in a position where if I do decide I want to go for Harry Kane, I need to find four point five, and that's before any price increases. So yeah. if he does go up to like eleven point one in game week two because he's banged in a hat trick in his first game week, you know, I'm kind of got to find five million somewhere. So part of me is kind of 
almost tying my hands behind my back because yeah. I want to go this season without any premium strikers. Something I said last year for large parts and I kept getting drawn into premium strikers and they worked for large parts. But I think value-wise, you just need two premiums and I think that I can just go with two premium midfielders. I think if Sterling goes on a blank spell, I can switch over to Sané if he's in form or De Bruyne if he's in form or... Well, you'll be happy to know that we put that to the test and we ran a little FBL hangover poll this week. Mm -hmm. And we put the same question out there. We got a decent uh, amount of uh, kind of responses, which adds a little bit of credence to the, uh, to, the, to the stats. And we said basically, you know, do you need, need three premium players or is two the optimum kind of option? And the response was basically 76% of people said, no, two is enough. And only 24% uh, were thinking you know tree tree they're on my side so i think the, the your opinion is kind of well maybe it's more prevent on twitter i see why you'd want three three big hitters yeah that's one but i think I've, i just feel like i've done that in the past and it's never really worked out for me and now i'm just all about like last season i mostly went with two and i had a good season uh and i didn't have a you know when when after christmas my season kind of fell away a bit it wasn't because you know I had two premium strikers. It's probably because I had more budget and I tried to fit in a third premium striker and I wasn't following my tactics that were working well in the first half of the season. It was mainly my mind games, though. That got it was mainly your mind games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was mainly the curse of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's because we, it's our first season recording a podcast and it's all out there and yeah, that's just the curse. Yeah, you were over uh, You know, like you can tell already, I'm big into hoodoo and voodoo. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just looking at the sheer amount of rosary beads you came in with this evening, you know, it, it, it's written all over I'm this. amazed that the shaking of the rosary beads is not coming out on this mic. Oh, it's the brand new microphone, you see. It actually has a rosary beads mute button on it. Oh. So yeah. that's... it's. I got it from Christian's Eros. And oh, uh, yeah, it's really handy. But uh, no, that's fair enough. You are on that side of the premium uh, uh, kind of player side of things, as are most of the FPL uh, community out there. Another poll that we put up last week, and it was something else that kind of I found was pretty interesting, was what... Of the premium players, or at least of, you know, yeah, no, of the premium players, which one do you think is least essential? And the options we gave were Kane, Aguero, Sterling, Salah. Pretty fair. I think they're the, you know, four most talked about premium players in the game. Uh, The vote was pretty kind of unanimous in that 46% thought Aguero was the least essential. Now, I think it's fair to, you know, assume that that would have been the case based on the fact that he has Sterling. Uh, offering another option you yeah know, where it might look- it might have been interesting if i went sterling mané Agu- uh, sterling salah mané aguero yeah I gave two city two liverpool options you might have seen something different then but yeah no i still think though it's worth you know looking at the other results so you had 46 percent aguero as i said that's pretty self-explanatory uh but 22 percent kane 22 percent salah that was interesting considering the yeah i thought salah's numbers would be way lower but mm. people are kind of coming around to saying look he's not really worth the money uh you can do without him and spread that value elsewhere do you think this is a le- uh, kind of a bit leftover like a leftover ideology of last season where yeah. it's kind of it's still in people's brains going no you can do it without last uh without salah and last season you had Mane who was backing him up at 9.5 offering that alternative yep. like we're seeing with sterling and aguero this year but this season, Man is coming in at 10.5? 11. 11.5, sorry. Uh, so he's fucking, you know, he's right up there in the premium price bracket for midfielders. Yeah. Uh, and Salah, for me, should be far less uh, less vilified than he was last season. 
No, I think with Mane coming up to so close to Salah and Price, I um, I think you know, it makes Salah a better value pick this year. Yeah. I think twelve point five. He's. Where, I'm surprised he went down. I thought he'd say the same. I thought, I thought he'd say the same. I thought Mane might come up to eleven. I'm not surprised to see one point. I wouldn't be surprised to see one point five between them, but to only see one million between them. Yeah, you have to think you got to go Salah. Yeah, especially considering the fact that he was <laughs> one of the top FPL. Yeah, leader. I think because um, he's a lot more assist potential. Yeah, and I think Mane overperformed in his XG last year. Now he does get into much better goal scoring positions. He scores a lot of headers, so he might get like a header within like on the six yard box. So, and we he, already kind of discussed saw last year how Salah's. Uh, his approach to the game can affect his bonus points. Yeah, you know, shoots which, shoots a lot. Yeah. But Mane is more of a home banker. Salah can do just as like do it on the road. So that's a you feel a lot more confident going. They're away to Sheffield United. Well, who will I play Salah? Well, who will I captain Salah or Mane? Yeah, you're going to captain Salah because you're like Mane is away. Is he going to do so well? Didn't do too well on the road last year. Yeah. And that price, that mil, that only that kind of half a million cheaper or a million cheaper is that. You know, is that really going to be worth it? You know, as opposed to last season when it was yeah. the big fucking four points. You could invest that. That's almost a different player. Yeah. So I mean? wonder is that the reason why people are kind of like what do we say? Twenty two percent of people said um, Salah is the least essential. Uh, essential. Yeah, one in five. yeah, and I think it's because they're like, well, look, you can have Mane there. Mm. I like Mane. I like Mane's usually starts the season well. I'm I'm seem to be placing a lot of emphasis on pe- players who start the season well. Yeah, but. It's something like Manny's done at least three seasons in a row now where he started off really well. And I remember last season when it happened, I was like, I shouldn't be surprised. He's done this two seasons in a row. This has made it three seasons in a row. And I was like, next start the next season, I'm definitely starting with uh, Manny. And I'll go to Salah after a while if I need to. But Manny's the guy to have for the first four weeks. But that's been scrapped now. The Africa Cup of Nations has put, uh, put an end to that. The final, they, um, Senegal got to the final. Is that and- the only reason or is it the price point as well? No, I think the price point is off-putting, but I was I was going to get over that for yeah. the first four weeks. As I said, I was going to say like, you know what, go for Salah for the first or Mane for the first four or five weeks, and you can always switch over to Salah. Yeah, fair enough. I think Salah is going to have a lot of people who own him game week one. I don't think his price is going to go up too much in the first. Yeah. Did his price go up at all the first four or five game weeks of last season? I don't think it did. I think, I think he was scoring were... points, and but he was just he was owned so. It was slowly, already. yeah, that was the thing. It was slowly taking over. And you had a lot of people that had started off the season uh, on the Mane bandwagon as opposed to Salah. And then, you know, they obviously weren't going to need to get off it. And then the people who would pick Salah, like myself and yourself, we were headstrong in the idea that, no, this we're sticking with Salah. And if anything, we'll get a, an extra Liverpool player in. That's not an option this season when you look at Liverpool's, uh, you know, defensive uh, potential. But um, looking at Harry Kane, then we've already spoke about him. Another player that, you know, maybe offers an option and it's something else that we haven't discussed too much is Aubameyang. Now, we t- tipped him on, it, on him last week, but, like, he scored again in preseason. Are you looking at any of Arsenal's uh, options? Worth noting that they've also signed, uh, I think, Pepe. I think that's, I don't know if it's been 100% confirmed, but that seems... Yeah, I think it was announced today on Twitter. Uh, I haven't read the details in. of it. Something huge, like 80 million, 80 million yeah. over five years, something yeah. like that. That's huge. Especially for Arsenal. I know nothing about the guy. So, I don't know, he's a winger, apparently. So, they're saying, like, that looks like their interest in Zaha might be dead now. Yeah, which makes me wonder, like, when you look at where Aubameyang has been playing in preseason, he's been playing... On the left wing Left again, wing, yeah. You know? Which is where he spent a lot of last season. But he got a lot of goals from there last season as and well. And are you looking at him at all? I mean, Arsenal have Newcastle and Burnley up. It, We've spoke about like how 
devastated Newcastle have, <laughs> have uh, you know, has their team has become throughout the as the preseason has developed. Yeah. With Newcastle and Burnley, and then Watford in game week five, are you tempted by any of the Arsenal attacking assets? Uh, I won't spend too much talking about Arsenal. In short, I am interested in their two forwards, yeah, uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang, but the lack of a budget kind of scuppers that. As I said, I would like to have Aubameyang. I had him in points last season. He did well for me. Lacazette, I think, is consistent, ticking over with points throughout the season. I think he's worth the 9.5 that he comes in at. But I decided I'm going for this um, non-premium a striker yeah, option. option so I think you know Vardy will probably be as expensive I go this season and even then I feel like that's probably even more than I want to go yeah. uh, I reserve the right to go to him later on but I don't want to spend Kane Aubameyang levels of money and if you had to but just like yeah, if you had to decide between Kane and Aubameyang and you were putting 11 million into the forwards would you go Kane or Aubameyang I go Aubameyang first two game weeks oh, yeah? I switch to Kane oh, fair enough. that's so what I do with Spurs basically like their upcoming fixtures Aston Villa beautiful in game week one but you know Aubameyang also has a lovely fixture in game week one against Newcastle but then City have the Man City problem in game week two Spurs Man City yeah you know where, uh, whereas in game week three they have a lovely match against the aforementioned Newcastle while Arsenal's fixtures turn pretty brutal for three and four with Liverpool and Spurs up just before the international break yeah, I can't see them getting anything against Liverpool. Um, they have a home game against Spurs. Look, I'll put it, the Spurs game, yeah, that Aston Villa game could be really good. Their two opening away games against Man City and Arsenal aren't great, but their home games are good. Yeah, I could. I, I do like the idea of starting off with Aubameyang, um, seeing what he does against Newcastle away, which yeah. I think that's good. that could be a paddling. That could be two, That could be three or four nil. Yeah. Um, the home game against Burnley could go either way. For what it's worth, I actually think Burnley are going to be really strong defensively this year. Yeah. I think they're going to be back to where they were two seasons ago now that they haven't got Europa League distracting them. They've resolved their goalkeeper situation. They've just fucked heart out of there. Uh, well, they've just <laughs> left. They're leaving on the bench, essentially. I think they still have the Heaton Pope conundrum to figure out. Yeah, they? but I think um, it looks like Heaton's not going to sign a new contract and they're probably... I'd be surprised if he's there before the end of the season. If he is there, then it will remain interesting to see who starts. Yeah. I think Pope is coming back in. I think that um, seems to be where everyone's uh, where everyone's kind of opinion lays is with Pope coming back in. But it's definitely one, you know, if it's Heaton not is certain. still in that squad, yeah, he's a fantastic goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, but either that, if if Heaton or Pope was in there, uh, in, as long as it's not Hart, I feel more confident they can keep clean sheets. And uh, I think that will, I think that will happen. And uh, I think they've like towards the end of last season, they got a good run of momentum. Barnes and Wood have good understanding together. McNeil is whipping in balls. They're, they score on goals now. So, so either way, you just you know you don't fancy Arsenal to just run over Burnley in game. Oh, two, I don't so. think it's as uh, clear cut as it made out. But I you know at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if it was two nil and two nil. Both goals were from Aubameyang. Fair enough, fair enough. So that's where you are with premium strikers. You think Aubameyang and Kane, they're kind of, they're your only two big options. But if you had to go, you'd go with Aubameyang and switch to Kane. Moving on to um, to the last option in that poll, which was Sterling. I think it's fair to see that, or fair to say that he seems to be the most FPL essential out there at the moment, the most the highest owned, nailed on essential Sterling. 10% of people voted him the least essential I think it's fair to, you know, that's a fair kind of assessment when you look at his form in the preseason. He scored again today. Uh, someone else, though, who has crept up along, and I mean, there's no need to focus too much on Sterling because we know what the story is with him, but Kevin De Bruyne, 9.5. Again, we touched on him last season. 
picked up a goal in, a, in the preseason match today. A lot of people were worried about him playing more defensively, but from what we've seen since then, he seems to be just as uh, just just as much an option for that price point. Two seasons ago, obviously last year was a write off with his yeah. injuries. Two seasons ago, he played quite deep in many games as well, especially at the start of the season. And I remember having him in my team at the time going, this is no good if he's playing so deep. But even from deep, he's so good at treading through balls that he, from a deep position, he can just put him through. The assist he got today for Sterling was um, from quite deep as well. He just treaded like a 30-yard true ball. Sterling was one-on-one with the keeper. Sterling slots it away. Boom. So you can easily see that even playing in a deep position. I don't worry about him playing in a deep position. The other thing as well is he could play two games in a deep position and then be pushed forward into a more advanced position. Is he an option now, De Bruyne 9.5? Are you looking at getting him in there? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's been in some of my drafts. I like the draft I have with De Bruyne and Sterling with three Liverpool defence. It's quite good. And I would like to have the balls to play that, but I probably will... Just go with double Liverpool defence and Sterling, I think. Because of that game week one against Norwich, yeah. Fixer, that's really got to be putting the shits up here. In terms yeah, but of I'll be getting on De Bruyne quickly if uh, I think you know, he's going to be in every single game week. I'm, the only thing I'm slightly worried about is after being so injured last season and injury, possibly injury prone. Yeah, Pep could be seeing him as injury prone. That He manages his minutes. He manages his minutes, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could just be like, you know what, I can't play him so often. But at the start, it's one game a week. No, pretty um, much. So yeah, and I think it's fair to say that every Man City player is uh, is at a risk of that. You know, I know as you mentioned, De Bruyne has that history of the injuries, but you saw it last season with Sterling when City were playing the the teams that you wanted uh, Sterling to be. You know, your captain for your Huddersfields and mm-hmm. and Cardiff's Sterling was rested. That's know? annoying. Yeah, he did get a lot of uh, rest. I think he was rested for four home games last yeah. year. That I was like that, which is more than you'd expect. But you got to factor in the fact that the World Cup was last summer. Yeah. And he kind of came in pretty much straight away. He started game week one. I think he was rested game week two and came off the bench. But I think, you know, Pep was like, I want this guy in as much as possible, but I got to manage his minutes. Yeah. And I think with the proper preseason, you know, that he will play most of the minutes. I, I can imagine Sani, even though he's a fantastic player, he's going to get the same treatment as last season and he's going to be on the bench yeah. for the first few games, probably because of his attitude again. And then we'll get a spell in the team and then be out of the team again. And Mares is going to be looking to take minutes, uh, you know, off off the likes of Sane and Sterling this season as well. Yeah, I think Sterling is just going to find game time. I think. Um, yeah, I think Pep. Really even there's even rumours he could be playing up front in game week one, or for the charity shield. Yeah. Um, because Aguero is obviously coming back from the Cup of America kind of a bit later. Well, that's I think what everyone's kind of got their eye on now is the Community Shield, Charity Shield, whatever it's called. Um, it's you know what? How are City and uh, who's Chelsea, who's won the FA Cup? City uh, won the FA Cup. Oh, City. Yeah, City, 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 Liverpool. Liverpool yeah, I know, fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are looking at the Community Shield, and I'm, I can't wait for that. Uh, but you know, we've discussed a lot of the the options, and there's still more to to kind of go over. But I think we'll save them for our next uh, episode. But before we leave you folks, we did want to, you know, we wanted to make your weeks. We've, we've been thinking about it. What what could we do that no other FPL podcast out there has done? And that was set up in Mini League. Uh, <laughs> so so we've, done, we've gone and done it. And the FPL Hangover podcast Mini League is in no way a mouthful and has been uh, duly administered by Seamus this season. And yeah, Seamus, we, we didn't set one up last year. No, I don't um, think we kind of, we just wanted to see how the podcast would go. Yeah, we were focusing on just getting our 
these crazy thoughts out of her head and getting them on on uh, fictional paper. Yeah, I, I paper. want to. I want to be able to roast people. Uh, yeah. You know, outside of our own mini league uh, on the podcast. So but one thing we uh, we definitely learned from talking and engaging with people throughout the season is that people do want to be able to come up against our teams and see how you know yeah, we see. are doing in a bit more uh, detail and come you know. Fight it out with us. It's also nice to beat the shit out of someone and say, what do you fucking know with your yeah. podcast? I still won your mini league. And, you know, for anyone that does manage to, manage to, in the slim possibility, beat Seamus in the mini league this season, there will be, uh, there will be a prize. We haven't decided what it will be. It'll be something small. It could be a t-shirt, mug. Maybe even one of those, you know, uh, Kinda, well, I was thinking actually a toothbrush, <laughs> a bamboo toothbrush that is, you know, perfectly organic and can be recycled. Oh, you know, get that plastic use down because we're all about environmental issues here. No, let's just get a plastic laden <laughs> T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually what it is. We'll buy more. We'll make a T-shirt out of plastic bags. You know, at least we'll be using them again. But Seamus, you have the code for that league there. We'll yeah, gonna... we're going to try and uh, see this. So if you feel like uh, butting heads with us here in the FPL hangover, uh, the code is ELN. 5Z3. So Echo Lima November 5 Zulu 3. And don't type in the words. That's actually just a old military uh, phonetic alphabet that Shane yeah. is using there. ELN 5Z3. Six weeks it took me to figure that out. But uh, yeah, no. And if you have any suggestions of, uh, you know, prizes that you think might be worth uh, considering, you know, obviously... Seamus is going to put the 10k on the line, but, uh, you know, that's up to himself, uh, you know, if he wants to increase that. But if you have any other ideas, you know, uh, just reach out to us. You can get us on Twitter. And how can they reach out to us? They can get out to us on Twitter, Seamus. I just said it. <laughs> yeah, on, on, <laughs> no, on, no, on. That's enough. They figure it out. Bit of investigative work. Okay. No, you can get us on Twitter at FBL Hangover. You can also hit us on Gmail at FBLHangover at gmail.com. And Seamus, I believe you're uh, you're still... You know, stumbling around as... Uh... I'm still active at FPL Drunk, but I will be... If you're going to interact with us, uh, just interact with us on the, at FPL Hangover. I'm going to try and use that a whole lot more. Any treads or controversial opinions I have, I'm going to try and stick on that page a bit more. Last year, as I said, I was trying to you're kind of leave the your... controversy off our page. Yeah. And uh, our page is kind of mostly used to just boost the pod. But uh, no, I think it's good to kind of get more social interaction uh, on this page. And uh, yeah, we're going to try and be out there more. We run more polls and I have You've a lied. few articles. If we had a website, they would go on the website. Uh, probably go up in the form of a thread or two in the next few weeks. If my aunt had wheels, she'd be a bicycle. But uh, fair enough. That's brilliant. FPL Drunk, FPL Hangover, you can reach us there. Uh, we'll be back with another pod before the season kicks off. Uh, we'll discuss some, you know, of the 4.5 uh, differentials out there, little places that are kind of become more uh, obvious as the preseason ticks on. If there is any options, we'll, we'll be sure to hit back up. But enjoy the rest of your weeks. Don't tinker too much with your teams. And, you know, uh, enjoy the break. Cool. Cheers, folks. God bless.